The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The word of God for the people of God. Well, the, this is the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. It starts with this section that we call the Beatitudes, which is kind of a strange word for us. Uh, what's, you know, what's a Beatitude? Uh, simply put, it, it, it's a blessing, but it's more than just a blessing. It's, it's one of those blessings that you understand when you receive it, you also have to share it. It's not yours to keep, but it works through you. Um, and most English translations use that word blessed uh, to translate the, the Greek word um, markario, which um, is very difficult to translate because none of these words really make sense to us. Um, how can being poor be a, a state in which you're blessed? How can you be considered blessed when you're mourning or when you're, going, when you're being persecuted or when you hunger and thirst? How are those things... That, that you can in any way think of as being blessed. And in our consumptive culture, when we think of blessed, we think of, you know, healthy and wealthy and tan, uh, not, not, not going through difficult times. So obviously that's not what Jesus had in mind. One of my former, former professors, Glenn Stassen, uh, he, trans, he translates that word joyful. Uh, and, and it's because in 50 other times that this word is used in the New Testament, it's translated joyful. And it's always joyful in the sense of being joyful because you got to participate with God in God's acts of deliverance. So that's kind of the background that he sees in this and that, that is there. Um, it's not because they're poor, but because they're poor, maybe they understand that they're not self-sufficient, and then God is, then they're at a place where God can work in their lives, and they can be involved with God and what God wants to do about the kingdom. Richard Rohr uh, translates them happy attitudes. Uh, and Greek scholar A.T. Robertson, uh, he also prefers the word happy, but it's a different kind of happy. It's a happy that comes from character, not from outward circumstances. And then Eugene Peterson uh, the, the person who translated the message version of the scripture, he wanted to use the word lucky. You're lucky if. Uh, but um, he ended up using the word blessed because the, the publishers would not let him use the word lucky because they said that there are some Christians apparently who think that lucky is a code name for Lucifer. And there's another group who think that lucky is denying God's providence. So I'm going to bank on you not being in either of those camps this morning. <laughs> George Buttrick translated it, bravo joy. So no matter how you say it, blessed, joyful, happy, congratulations, lucky, bravo joy, mazel tov. No matter how we translate it, we're still shocked because none of those words seem to fit being poor or poor in spirit or being mournful. And so when we understand that Jesus uses this word, it's like an acknowledgement that when we find ourselves 
you know, when everything's going well and we're in charge and we've got everything in control, we really think we can do it all and we don't need God. And when we get in these situations, then we are at a place where we might be able to see that we need God and, and then God is able to use us. So we find ourselves in these conditions. We're in a position to really be a part of something great. So blessed are you. How joyful it is. Congratulations. You should be happy. Boy, you are lucky. Bravo joy. Mazel tov. Because you are right now in the perfect place for God to use you to create a better world. Now, some of the Beatitudes from the Sermon on the Mount that we find in Matthew's Gospel, we also find in Luke's Gospel. In a different sermon that is in Luke's Gospel is known as the Sermon on the Plain, which is not nearly as catchy. Uh, but in Luke's Gospel, this Beatitude is a little different. It says, blessed are, you know, Matthew says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Luke says, blessed are you who are poor. For yours is the kingdom of God. And for Luke, this beatitude is about those who are economically disadvantaged and they're promised the kingdom of God, while Matthew uses the phrase the kingdom of heaven. So who are the poor? Well, they're, they're just who you would think they are. They're the people who live on narrow economic margins. And if somebody gets sick and misses work or the car breaks down, they may find themselves homeless. They're one bad break or one illness away from losing everything they have. They're the ones with little power and little say over what goes on around them. Beatitude seems to have its root all the way back to the prophet Isaiah. The spirit of the sovereign Lord lies upon me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. That was uh, the text Jesus read for his very first sermon ever in the synagogue, which, by the way, did not go real well. <laughs> it appears they understood what Jesus was saying. And so Matthew's version, this beatitude, is a little more inclusive because Matthew says, um, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit. So we don't go down that errant road of thinking just because you're poor, that's a ticket to heaven. Um, Maybe being poor in spirit better fits his middle-class congregation. Again, Isaiah. For this is what the exalted one says. He who lives forever, whose name is holy. I live in a high and a holy place, but also the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. So God is with those who are poor in spirit and contrite of heart. The ones who are broken in spirit. And so this beatitude is for anyone who is humble and who understands the poverty of their self-sufficiency. It's an attitude that is devoid of self-praise and self-justification. So it would be a mistake for someone who was poor to think the kingdom of, of God was, was theirs just because they're poor, because that means they're, by their poverty they've earned it. 
And it would also be a mistake for one who's not poor but claims to be poor in spirit just to ease their conscience to think that by being humble we've somehow earned it. Because the kingdom of heaven is not something we earn. And when we think that we've earned it or we think that we deserve it, then that's exactly the opposite of what it means to be poor in spirit. Jesus told this parable about two men who went in a temple to pray. And the one stood up and prayed and thanked God that he was such a good person and reminded God of all the righteous things he had done. He also reminded God that he came by his righteousness the old-fashioned way. He earned it. And the other man lay face down on the floor and cried out to God for mercy. And Jesus said, God heard the prayer of the second man. Because God doesn't check the bank balance, but he checks the heart. <laughs> Nadia Boltz-Weber reminds us that looking down on other people is our drug of choice. But the poor in spirit don't look down on other people. And they don't depend on their own self-sufficiency. They depend on God. And if we think the poor in spirit are those who recognize their dependence on others and others' dependence on them, then we can see how already they are blessed. For a modern analogy, the poor in spirit are those who are aware of their own privileges, and because they're aware, they work to help others who don't have the same benefits. Matthew uses the phrase kingdom of heaven. It appears 32 times in the Gospel of Matthew and nowhere else in the New Testament. It's interchangeable with the phrase kingdom of God. It's not some otherworldly reality, but it means to become a part of what God is doing right here on earth right now in our lives. And the poor in spirit get to participate in what God is doing right now, right here. Because they've gotten over themselves. <laughs> and they understand that every good thing that comes our way comes from God, and it's a gift. And God loves us with the love that we did not earn, that it was freely given. Imagine a community of people who are not all about themselves, but understand that no matter how hard they've worked, so much of life is a gift. And so they want to share their lives and their gifts with others because it makes every day and every place feel a little more like heaven. If I were to paraphrase this beatitude, it would sound like this. So when we lay aside our self-sufficiency and our pride, and we come to God in humility and gratitude, then we are lucky. We are to be congratulated. We're blessed. Because now, finally, we are ready to be involved in what God is doing in our world. Amen.